Welcome to episode 25 of The Life and Times of the Osborne Man. I'm your host, Holly Hazard. In this episode, we hear again from Betty, close to the end of her first year in college. This time, she's writing to her older sister, Marion, not home to her mother. Her letter seems more vibrant and filled with more details. Just as today, an email between sisters might be more intimate than one from a daughter to her mother or father. You'll note, at the top of the letter, she puts a sort of P.S. for Marion to send on home, just as we might forward an email. And now, here's Betty. Send to mother. Mother, send this letter back to me as I'm not going to write up my diary. I'll just stick this in, return pictures and program. Glad Faith sent such good reports. Try for brown dotted stuff again. Wednesday, May 11th, 1921. Dearest Marion, at last the strenuous weekend is over and my elocution speech too. Really, I haven't written a letter in so long I don't feel at all natural doing it. I have no idea when I wrote last and have not been keeping up my diary, so hardly know where to begin first. Guess I'll begin with yesterday and go backwards. Last night, I went to three one-act Boarhead plays written by Syracusians. They were awfully good. One by Emily Lamb, another more or less of a detective story in which there is a woman who can hear and see but cannot move a muscle of her body except her fingers. She reveals the murders by scratching with her nails the Morse code. She was in bed, and it was the spookiest thing. O'Donnell wrote that one. I went with Walhart, a Kappa Beta, and a person whom Aunt Emma praised to the skies— He came over to see me last Saturday afternoon. Very fine fellow. Yesterday afternoon, I gave a real swell spiel over eight minutes on Syracuse University. Afterwards, I went up to the house. Dottie was having the most terrible pessimistic time in Hat's room. Every man she has asked to the formal can't come. She's afraid she'll get some old raspberry and is perfectly killing. Hattie's going to Dartmouth after the formal. She's having a new dress made for that orange Georgette crepe with zigzags on the bottom of it. So I'm going to wear her dress that I wore to Kappa Chai Formal. It is darling, and I'm crazy about it. Wonderful shade of old rose Georgette crepe over pink satin skirt. Full panels of rose Georgette crepe with gold figures on sides that are sewed to edge of skirt, so puff harem effect there. Long-waisted. Immensely wide gold cloth girdle with tails on right side below the skirt. There is a tight straight piece that goes under it, and the little V piece is gold cloth. I have gold pumps to go with it. I just adore Hat. She is always wonderful to me. Yesterday morning, I slept until time for my 10 o'clock. Went to hear Mr. Clausen on the Main Street Mind. You want to read that book? I have. He preached a sermon on the Baptist Church on MS. He says MS is a state of mind bounded on one side by self-content and on the other by suspicion of anything that is different. Monday night, I worked on my speech and went to bed at 1030. Sunday night up at the house, most everyone was writing or picnicking. So we picked up our own lunch, lettuce, tomato, olives and salmon sandwiches and cake the result. Sunday a.m. as I got out of bed, I had a nosebleed. It did not bleed hard nor long, but it did not completely stop until after dinner. At 2.25, I called up and found Louise's train went at 3.05. We fired her things in and Glad took her to the station. Grace had a darling friend here from New York who went at the same time. Saturday night, the kids went to the play Adam and Eva. I went to the big regatta dance in the gym with Bob. It was so crowded. They had two orchestras, one upstairs and one down. 
Saturday p.m., I all spiffed out invite in my little short-sleeved organdy waist with a little round collar on it. We all went to the lacrosse game and the track meet. All very good. The parade moving up day was great. I took quite a few pictures and will send them to you. Please return those of the girls. Saturday a.m., I slept right through until it was so late that all the kids had gone to the crew races up at the house. Didn't phase us any, and Louise and I started out alone, but we met some other kids. They were terribly exciting. Imagine the freshmen beating. The juniors were about two shell lengths ahead of the seniors, the freshmen about half ahead of softs, and then the frosh took over lengths of juniors. All day, Friday and Saturday, and nights too, Winchell had a booth on the corner. We took in over $300. Had hot dogs cooked inside, then kept in big pans on grills. Popcorn balls, peanuts, ice cream cones, pink lemonade, coffee, lollipops, and fudge. The girls just had to keep making the fudge every minute. Sold it in bars, and there seemed to be a great craze for it. I was on the committee, but I'm afraid I wasn't around the booth as much as I ought to have been. I had charge for the posters, though, so I wasn't expected to do as much. Friday night was the big affair. In other words, the Capuchai Formal. It was out at Sedgwick Farm, and I had a wonderful time. I was the only one that had flowers. Isn't that thrilling? They were the most wonderful sweet peas and just matched my dress wonderfully. Our favors were the cutest black leather belts with silver buckle and Capuchai. Friday afternoon, we kids stayed after the pageant a while for the Penn lacrosse game. It was sure exciting, but we had to leave. We had marvelous weather. The pageant was in the stadium with white canvas screens as background. Flora made a wonderful queen. I'll send you the program and you can see how it all was. I was in the Italian dance. We went in, flourishing tambourines, etc. I was in a real cute costume. I'll send pictures. The track meet was lots of fun. I'm going to enter next year. You know, very strict rules were laid down about moving update this year. No rough housing, and we had to submit our plans to the seniors for approval. The dirty softs, after we were so tired out and so many guests in the hall and everything, got us up at 5.45. We had to find 23 pieces of their banner hidden in our rooms and put it together. Being as how we were up early, we decided we should go down to May morning breakfast early, as we had eight o'clocks. It was wonderful down on the bridge with the sun coming through the trees, everything good as usual, and same menu. The intro class was nice. It was down in teachers' college grounds. Our song, music, and words were written by a blind girl in Haven. The harmony was beautiful, but we didn't work it up well enough. The softs had ukes with their song. We sang, girls, 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 there being no other left for us. The softs sang, in those dear old college days. The seniors, the women's alma mater, and the juniors, too, for her spirit song and formed the S. The seniors were wonderful. Afterwards, the frosh sang to each class, and then we snake-danced all the way up Union Road to the lantern ceremony. We were the only ones who kept it together. The lantern ceremony was lovely, but there wasn't the effect of marching all around the stadium, and the juniors just seemed to break up after they completed the letters. And when I saw it, the two classes met and sang the alma mater. Couldn't get the effect where they passed them over. People rallied around, hanging together. That night after it was over, we sat up and finished our costumes. We felt like doing something desperate when we heard all the soft and frosh men out around. So, in our nightgowns and coats, we went up on the roof and watched the fun. 
it was definitely understood that that was one thing we were not to do. All morning up plans had to be submitted to a senior, and she was responsible. All of us were fresh that went up except one senior and junior proctor. The senior heard us up there, and after we got down, she called up to the other two and said she knew they were up there. They stayed up there in the dark for about 15 minutes. Thursday afternoon, glad Louise and I went downtown. We bought Louise a coat, and I got a Marcel wavy haircut. Louise came with Mr. Foster in the AM. I didn't tell you what we did to the softs, did I? We had a red plaid tablecloth, paper plates, fruit knives, tiny tin spoons, tin cups on their table for dinner. We sent a box of dandelions, fake WL notices, fake telegram, and then had a letter read at dinner with a slam for each one. Also, half the fried cakes on the table were stuffed with cotton. I guess I've told you most of the important things. Grace Miller, who was bid but has not decided yet, is a peach. Also, I like Joe Hillman's looks a lot. Great big black eyes, straight black bobbed hair, and sort of Indian-y complexion. Everything is going fine in the fraternity. I can't think of anything definite to tell you, and I know that is what you are interested in most. I understand GS does not have her pin, but you would never know the difference. I sent the oranges to B, and then she sent them to you. Is Miss E leaving Millville next year? New girls in NJ, at least some are getting 14 and $15. Edith Thompson is one, I think. I would never stay there if Miss E is not going to be there. Your finances are terrible. Can't you do anything? Thanks for your part for initiation, for mothers sending balance and money for formal. Why don't you do something about a summer camp right off? I am willing to go to SB, and if I had only known I was going to be in the ball for sure, and think I would have been one to go from here. Lots of love, Bet. Send to mother. Mother sent to me, and I'm not going to write up my diary. I'll just stick this in. Return pictures and program. Glad Faith sent such a good report. Try for brown dotted stuff again. This week, the voice of daughter Betty Briggs was narrated by Jesse Whitten, Betty's great-granddaughter. Next week, we'll hear again from John as he's once again on the road. This is Holly Hazard, your host. Music is provided by Escalante Music from Pond 5. Thank you for listening. <laughs>